podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, quick bit of housekeeping for you before we start the show. And this is only relevant to those of you who listen to us on the Apple Podcast app or via Apple. So if you don't move along, as the great Obi-Wan Kenobi would say, nothing to see here. But if you do listen to us via Apple, listen carefully, particularly if you're an old school listener of the show. Before we became the Nat Coombe show on ESPN, when we were the NFL show, you would have got the show updated when we moved without having to do a thing. But that's because the old show had a divert put on it. So to check, you're subscribed to the new feed because the old one is going to go pretty soon. Check out the Nat Coombe show. Search for it on the app via the podcast browse section or the store section if you're looking on the desktop and find our show and see if it shows whether you're subscribed or not. If you are, great, you're on the right feed. If you're not, hit subscribe and delete the old one. So head on over, not in your library, but actually onto Apple. Search the Nat Coombe show. Make sure you're subscribed to the feed that you find. Simple. Good luck. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show on ESPN. Good to have you with us. We had a terrific movie special with Vernon Care a few weeks back. So good that we thought do it once again because, hey, let's face it, there are more than one or two sports movies to be getting our teeth into. And with your help as well, you fired through lots of suggestions. Uh, that's exactly what we're going to do this week. Tom Deacon in the house, comedian, podcaster, uh, presenter. Really looking forward to catching up with Tom. We'll talk about some of the key NFL news that's broken over the last couple of days as well. But mainly we're talking sporting movies, hopefully giving you some ideas uh, to feed your mind uh, and to get involved with films that you might have seen that you haven't checked out for a while. Hopefully some that you'll discover for the first time as well. So all that to come very, very shortly. We've got lots of pods rolling through the off season, of course, and some great guests coming up. Uh, so make sure if you haven't already, wherever you're listening to us, you subscribe. You will not miss a trick. Our social at the NC show is how you get in touch with the show. We're pushing stuff out each and every day too over on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter to get involved with that. Right. Sports and movies time. Let's check in with Tom Deacon. Tom Deacon, it is always good to see you. And I can see it because we're recording this pod through the wonders of Zoom, although other video conferencing <laughs> software are equally good as well. Uh, and so I can see you as well with a, with a beautiful microphone to boot too. Oh, thank you very much. It's uh, Well, listen, it, it's an absolute moneymaker uh, podcast. So I've invested in this. Mm-hmm. So maybe in 2030, I may recoup the money that I spent on this mic. How is your, your, your new podcast going? Because last time, well, I'm trying to think, last time we were on the show, you launched it, I don't know, but it's definitely launched the last few weeks, hasn't it? So tell us more about it. Uh, in a nutshell, it's just about getting to know people a little bit better. So, um, I've just had a former UFC fighter on called, uh, Jess Liodin, who's turned in, uh, has transitioned into acting. Uh, it suggests that it would be better if he was a wrestler, uh, with the, uh, acting that they do, but, uh, and also Gordon Strachan as well. So, it, but other guests are coming up. Uh, former I've, UFC I've, fighter Gordon Strachan. <laughs> yeah, he was epic, wasn't he? Uh, they couldn't understand what he was necessarily saying, but damn, did he deliver a punch when he did. Um, so, would so like just to have seen Gordon Strachan in the WWE. He would have been amazing. Yeah, no one would have expected him. He's, he's not statured, you know, he's not huge, but he's quick. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a bit of fun, but, uh, as always, great to be back on this podcast and getting to chat to you about the sport that I love. And apparently we're talking films today. We are talking films today. I'm looking forward to this. Now, we did this a couple of weeks ago with Vernon Kay, and the show was so well received by our by our listeners. We thought, let's do it again. And 
Harry, the producer, and I thought, who else but Tom Deakin to come back uh, on the show and talk through some of uh, his favourite sporting movies. So it's not just NFL movies, although both of us have got a list together, haven't we? Both of us have got football movies in there, but we've we've expanded beyond that. And in the case of one of your films, it's definitely quite an expansive uh, and broad uh, definition of, of sports movies, but I will look, for, look forward to getting to those in a bit. We'll um, also got a lot of, uh, a lot of tweets and other social media communication from our listeners uh, in terms of their films. So I might throw in a few at the end as well in terms of what our listeners are saying. Uh, but I think we're going to keep on rolling the movie the movie show because there's plenty to get into. Just a couple of bits of news, NFL news to get into at the top, though. Most importantly of all, Tom Deacon, the Pro Bowl is going to Las Vegas. Hello. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. Announced this week that uh, and it is the, the forthcoming Pro Bowl. So 2021, of course, the Pro Bowl held the week before the Super Bowl. Often a big uh, issue, big concern for, for the NFL to, to compared to other all-star games. It's, it's always been a challenge to keep it interesting, I think, for, for the fans and the viewers. The players love it. It's a jolly and they, they enjoy it and for a long time, of course, in Hawaii. And they've been working uh, out different ways of making the Pro Bowl a little bit more compelling. Well, clearly they've nailed it this time. Vegas. We're going to, we, so the, the Super Bowl in Tampa, the Pro Bowl in Vegas a week before. I'm just trying to work out our logistics. We can make, we can handle both, right? Fly over to Vegas, then Tampa by the Monday. I mean, listen, if, if that was an invite, I am well up for it. I cannot wait for it. Uh, yeah, the, the Pro Bowl to me, this is exciting because, you know, uh, it, it, it isn't the, the greatest spectacle, but it's the, the kind of like fantasy league of, of what all NFL fans will have been doing. We've got our fantasy draft. We've got our teams and we line up the best of the best. Uh, well, minus two teams that are in the Super Bowl, this is the best of the best of the players uh, go head to head. And I think Las Vegas missed out on having the draft there. So, for, for everybody involved in Las Vegas, they're able to, to have a bit more of a spotlight shown on them. Um, and of course they've got their first NFL season happening there right. this year with the Raiders. So this is, this is a big look. I think it's exciting. I want to see more quarterbacks going head to head with moving targets in competitions that they do. Um, I think it's a great, it's a great event and, and I think it'll be really good fun. What would you introduce to the Pro Bowl? in terms of skill, challenge-wise or similar, to, to get it that, that extra step forward? Because it's definitely improved. And with the whole kind of superstar skill challenge stuff, that's good. We like that. That's definitely a fun thing. What else would you add to, to the mix to make it even more, even more, or even closer to where it needs to be? Okay, here's my idea. Uh, it's straight off the top of my noggin. Okay, now hear me out. Okay, many a time doing stand up comedy, not so much at the, uh, at the moment. Well, none at all. <laughs> but normally I'd be rushing for a train, particularly in, in London, and I need to get to a venue in time. Now, what you'll notice in a packed area, there's a lot of, a lot of people, and I, tend to have to run through them. And I've often thought to myself, what would a running back be like in this situation? So with people coming towards the running back, how quickly can they dodge through getting to the other side to make the, the train? <laughs> the Sa- Saquon Barkley commute run. I love it. <laughs> so I'm in. You are welcome to that. Wide receivers as well. Um, they're all talking about a pivot, turning on a dime. Can they get to the train? Uh, because obviously uh, the uh, repercussion is if you don't make it, you've got to pay for a train ticket on the day and that is much more expensive. Amazing. I love that. I um, am putting uh, £20 down on Cordero Patterson to win that. <laughs> away, even though, I don't know who else is it competing and entering. I'm still back in Cordero Patterson for that. The I'd like to see some maybe all of the uh, different 
challenges in World's Strongest Man from the kind of mid to late 80s, early 90s introduced in some way when they yeah. used to hold them, those giant magnets of champagne. Do you remember those? <laughs> <laughs> don't drop them, don't drop them. Uh, and all the fans around the ring, around, are thinking, well, we, if, if he doesn't drop them, maybe we'll, we'll get a glass of that. It, it's interesting <laughs> right. to see with the NFL players, the amount that they are lifting. Um, and you're just like, wow, like Garrett uh, at the Browns. You're like, oh, Miles yeah. Garrett, you're like, that's insane what he's lifting. Thing. So there could be a strong strongest man element added added to it. I, th- I think the players would be up for that. I, I well, listen. I'm noting both of those ideas down. I know Harry, the producer, has. I, he'll be. He's got Commissioner Goodell's uh, direct personal email, so he will be <laughs> sending those in an email missive imminently. Probably while we're recording the show, actually. So we might even have an answer back before before we've wrapped. So uh, other key uh, news, interesting news developing this week. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, who of course. Uh, has been uh, front and center once again with uh, in the last couple of weeks with everything that's been happening uh, in America across the world, really, in terms of activism and, and support of the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, but Kaepernick still conspicuous in his absence from the NFL, which is head scratching to most of us. I know certainly to you, of course, a, a huge Kaepernick fan, being a 49ers fan. And uh, of course, Cap was the was the quarterback when he fell in love with the team, right? So you've got a uh, you know, a strong affinity with him, it, you know, outside of everything else he stands for and everything else uh, he has, he has done as, as a player, you're a big fan. Yeah. And definitely when I started following the Niners, they had Alex Smith as their quarterback, just getting to the point where like Alex Smith and Jim Harbour, this is a great combination finally. Uh, and then unfortunately he got injured, went down, Kaepernick, uh, Kaepernick comes in uh, takes over and never looks back mm. to the point where it was him and Blaine Gabbert fighting for a starting position. Gabbert. And you're yes, like, I haven't heard for a while. exactly. And he's at Tampa Bay. So if uh, anything happens to Tom Brady, uh, Blaine Gabbert, uh, next man up, I, I believe. So it was interesting. The, the, he's in a talented, talented quarterback and a very exciting quarterback to watch through injuries or whatever. And the whole kneeling uh, against police brutality is, is something that many players wanted to get on board with but but couldn't or didn't feel that it, they could do that and now it's it's completely flipped on its head and quite rightly he's a talented quarterback is he a starting quarterback for 32 teams maybe not but he's definitely a very viable backup um, and so that's why there's talk about him coming back into the league and I for one would love to see that this is the crazy thing we, we, we talked about a number of times that you know I get the argument as you say, quite rightly, that is he a starter? Um, it's unclear, you know, and he's been out of the game obviously for a number of years now. But when you have 70, 80, 90 quarterbacks on, on rosters, I mean, most are carrying three. So, you know, do the math there. It's 96, right? In factoring practice scores and everything else. It is ridiculous for Kaepernick. It doesn't have a team. Well, that might be changing because there's a lot of buzz at the moment. We're recording this Thursday afternoon. Uh, the Kaepernick is going to be looked at by a number of teams. And there's been a few false dawns here. Of course, he had that that quite curious workout last autumn that mm. uh, didn't really amount, well, didn't amount to, amount to much. Teams have suggested that they will be interested in him in the past, but but nobody is, has done anything about it. Could change. Anthony Lynn, uh, of course, the Chargers head coach, um, said on Wednesday, it would be crazy to not have him on your workout list. Although NFL.com reports they haven't actually made contact yet with Kaepernick. Lynn says, I haven't spoken with Colin, not sure where he's at as far as in his career, what he wants to do. But Colin definitely fits the style of quarterback for the system that we are going to be running. Of course, Tyrod Taylor, the de facto starter, they drafted Justin Herbert, six overall 
uh, in the recent drafts. Uh, Kaepernick to Los Angeles, a possibility. We will watch that story closely, and I wonder whether uh, Kaepernick will end up landing with a team. I hope so, if he wants to still play. And the reports are, Tom, that he still does. He still wants to play, right? So Yeah, of, of course. And I think... Terrific to see him back in the league. 100%. It's interesting with, with NFL. It's, it's a financial thing. He had to leave the Niners when Shanahan came in because he was going to be owed $14 million that year. So you thinking, well, we can't afford that. We wouldn't want to improve other areas of the team. But it's interesting that Anthony Lynn said that, and I don't disagree with him in any way. I just can't see Kaepernick ending up on that, that roster because Tyrell Taylor's there, Justin Herbert. It's great to have him to work out, but I think Anthony Lynn has said, yeah, I can understand other teams taking him, but I don't see it happening. That, yeah, I, I just think he is a talented guy. You wouldn't not have him in your team, but. I don't think he'll be at the landing spot will be the charges. All right. Uh, watch this space, I think, uh, is what we're saying there. So let's get down to business then. Uh, it is another movie special. There are a ton of places we could go. And as I said at the top, we decided to kind of flip it and, and alternate. And each, uh, how many films have we got? So six or so? Oh, no, we've got eight looking at the list. Eight, so four each. Um, so a lot of ground to cover. Plus, we're going to dive in on... Uh, as I say on Twitter, at the NC shows how you get in touch with the show. It, it look at some of the suggestions and probably omissions that we've been remiss in not talking about from, from some of our listeners. So, Tom, I'm going to let, as our guest, I'm going to let you kick things off. Where are you going first in terms of, is these your favorite sports movies of all time? Or just sports movies you wanted to talk about? Well, I'll be honest with you, Nat. Uh, when I got that trusty WhatsApp message from yourself, would you like mm. to be on the show? I said, of course, Nat. You don't even have to ask. Just tell me the time I'll be there. And then I saw my Twitter popping off with so many suggestions from people, from fans. And I was like, which film do I choose? And then I was thinking, what's that Mark Wahlberg film? And then I saw that you had suggested <laughs> you were going to talk about it. Yeah, I think, it. think for me, it's films that I have a, a an emotional connection to. Um, there are so many to choose from. My mum was very quick to, to even get involved. She was like, are you going to talk, are you going to talk about this sporting life? It's a rugby film. And I said, no, it's black and white. Nah, forget it. Oh, <laughs> Mrs. D. I think it's a fine choice, Mr. D. Yeah. So listen, I, I've gone for this one because it's the film that I have to watch at least once a year and that's Moneyball. Uh, for me, it's, it's an incredible film, uh, that really it just makes me think about the possibilities. It, it teaches us more about investment and investment in people. And you mentioned at the beginning of the show uh, about my podcast, interesting enough, not WWE. Gordon Strachan. But what Gordon Strachan does as a manager is gets the best out of people. And it's based on the true story of the Oakland Athletics. It reinvented pretty much the game of baseball. And they were dealt a hand where they're not financially able to compete with other teams. And yet they still were able to get almost to win uh, the championship because they looked at things differently. And I think that's that's um, how fans of, say, a smaller team are able to go, there is a chance one day. It's a, it's a terrific film. So started, of course, um, or came from the Michael Lewis book, uh, which was, uh, has been a seminal book for me. Cause I guess when I started, you know, loved American sports in my life, but when I started broadcasting and, and NFL on five was, was my first gig and, and, and NFL is my first love, but I've got a huge passion for baseball as well. In fact, here we go. There's a wheel out of baseball that is, that I've had since I was a kid that my dad brought over from New York when I was eight years old. I've still got no way. And, I, and I've covered it. I, you know, I did it for for a few years the the live shows on, on Radio Five with with JC Josh Chetwin, who a lot of our listeners will remember, of course, from his his Channel Five days too. 
And so I've always had a love for baseball and particularly the literature and, and also the movies. And there are a lot of options I thought of here uh, to put baseball movies in. And, and like I said, we'll do other movie shows, gang. So there will be uh, room for, for more. But Moneyball is that double whammy. Terrific book. Michael Lewis, a financial writer. He's got a great book called Liars Poker as well, which is all about Wall Street and uh, and, uh, and, and Big Short world. as well, yeah, which right. is a great one. He's absolutely. Um, but when I first read Moneyball, and as I say, it was at the start of my, my professional career, so it always carried kind of special memories for me. I never thought, looked at it as a book that could be made into a film. And that's, I think, what is so impressive. And Aaron Sorkin, the, the screenwriter, one of my favorite writers at the West Wing, one of the great shows of the last 20, 30 years. Of course, Sorkin was, is the, the master of that and devised it and wrote the majority of the first four series. Uh, it, that's testament to his ability, of course, but it's also testament to, to, to a terrific cast. So let's, let's go there. And it got me thinking. So Billy Beanie mentioned front office guy. And he said, hey, look, I've seen Billy Beanie. He's a handsome guy. He's a, he's a handsome, impressive guy, but you've got to think you've hit the jackpot when you get told they're going to make a film of your life. It's Brad Pitt's playing you. I know. It, it's like when people say, if someone was to play the story of your life, who would you want? He would have probably said, I'd take Brad Pitt, but I don't think I'll get him. Uh, it, 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 it is, it is a truly, I mean, you're talking about being a, a baseball fan. I think this is a film that goes, it's beyond sport. It's about, changing conformity and what you're used to and thinking of new ways to to imp- improve your team and Joan Hill's brilliant in it yeah. he at Peter Brand um and 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 Brad Pitt gives him an opportunity to shine because there isn't much of an alternative it, the the film uh, for those who haven't seen it and I'm sure so many have starts off with Brad Pitt losing in the final and then asking his the the, the chairman the guy that has all the money going you've got to give me a bit more money. And he said, is there anything else I can help you with? And and that's it. There is no discussion. You cannot compete with the Yankees financially. Yeah. The team's being gutted. So you've got to come up with a new way. And, and that's where that whole mechanic of looking at the statistics rather than paying for it. It's paying for runs uh, as opposed to paying for the player who's going to get them. Yeah, it's a new way of looking at it. And of course, the evaluation really. And you've got the... You know, terrific scene where, and, and, or scenes plural, where there's this juxtaposition of the, the old school baseball scouts who are very skeptical, of course, of Bean and his new approach and, uh, and, and have value certain things. And, and the reality is you talked to a lot of baseball, baseball guys, Josh, I mean, you know, notably, but you know, other baseball journalists that I've spoken to, it's not necessarily as binary as those old school guys don't know anything. And the new school guys are particularly as this and Billy Bean's approach to saber metrics and evaluation has taken more of a foothold in not just baseball, but in, but in sports, it's not that they're always right all the time. It's usually a combination of things, but the fact is he was bringing in a new approach, a new way of looking at it, looking at the data, looking at how often does this player get on base? It doesn't matter if he, if he's not hitting a certain average or his slugging percentage or his volume of home runs. Is, is he getting on base? Cause that is, you know, the object of the game, right? So yeah, yeah an object, like an objective uh, of hitting, but those scenes are great when you've got the old school tobacco spitting <laughs> 50 venerable 50 year old scouts and, uh, and then Billy Bean, they're, they're kind of eyeing skeptically. The Jonah Hill character is interesting because it's an amalgamation. It's a, a combination of two different. Paul Podesta was was one of uh, one of Bean's lieutenants, and it's a combination. He asked to be removed Podesta from the project because he didn't feel comfortable with with the representation. So the Jonah Hill character is a 
you know, a, essentially a hybrid of two different people. Mm. Brad Pitt, let me ask you this, Tom, because I think, again, more recently than certainly Moneyball was made in 2011, of course, with um, the Tarantino film Once Upon a Time in LA. Once Upon a Time in LA? Is it? Is uh, Hollywood. I, Hollywood. Once Upon a yeah. Time in Hollywood, yeah. I'll put that up. Has. Obviously, recently with the, the Tarantino movie Once Upon a Time in, in Hollywood, he's gained a huge amount of plaudits and credibility for a long time that Brad Pitt was one of those actors in Hollywood, the big star, mega star, but not particularly taken seriously as, as an actor. Certainly not. If you compare him to look at his contemporaries, Johnny Depp, even like Matt Damon, right. You know, who seem to have this, I guess, additional layer as far as critics and, and, you know, the, the Hollywood intelligentsia that he is a, a serious actor, a credible actor. And Brad Pitt was never really, do you think this was the film that, that changed that? Because of course it got um, a fair amount of, of Oscar attention and Pitt was nominated for, for best actor for his role as, as Billy Bean. So I guess this was the film that, that changed his, the perception of Brad Pitt as an actor. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'd, I'd agree with you that um for me brad pitt seeing him in this role it was less is more uh mm-hmm. of which they, they talk about sometimes in in acting um it, it, you know in, in glorious bastards which which brad pitt's in uh, uh troy uh there's so many films he's in but for me troy. i know just what a movie. hello just just appeared on netflix uh may have watched it um you said but, um i've got to watch Moneyball at least once a year at the top of this do you have to watch yes. troy at least once a week no that's uh that's biannually so so i i watched <laughs> a couple more times actually it Brad Pitt, the less, less was more in this film. It's yeah. the silence. It's those moments of, you can just see a general manager, uh, which he plays as Billy Bean, working out whether he's going to lose his job the whole time. And I think this transcends to other sports when you're thinking, I've got to try something different to see if it works. Um, and then at the end, I don't want to ruin it, but, but when he gets offered to go to another team based on what he's able to achieve with the Oakland Athletic, uh it's it's just remarkable it just it just has everything you're so drawn to it. It, magnetism when he flips the table in one scene you're like go on billy b get in there like <laughs> and, and trying to trade players it's you, you're very much invested in him and i think as an actor he's able to bring you in and, and care mm-hmm. about him uh and the whole scene with the whole trying to get a soda machine and the players on the on the plane are like <laughs> why do i have to give a dollar uh, and Jonah Hill's trying to explain because because you won't see it, but it goes onto the field. <laughs> These dollars, uh, whereas other teams get free soda. It's 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 remarkable. It's it's not about baseball, but it is about baseball. It's about how you you have to take a leap of faith to try something new, and you and you will be rewarded. Exactly that. That's really really well put. Just a quick one, and we'll move on because we've got a ton of movies to look at. Uh, Jonah Hill, terrific in this, terrific comic actor. And it's got me thinking, I don't think, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong. I think Johnny Hill started out as a stand-up per se, but so if he did apologies, but the, the transition from stand-up. Super bad. <laughs> super bad. Yeah, super bad, of course. Was that his first film? The, um, transition from stand-up to, to acting isn't always a straightforward one. And of course there have been some wildly successful, uh, uh, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy, of course, you know, back in the day, or uh, Murphy still now, obviously, but were brilliant. And, 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 you know, that, that period in the eighties as well, when Eddie Murphy was making trading places, Beverly Hills Cop was, was the, the biggest star in Hollywood and, and just flawlessly segued into it. But it isn't always a straightforward 
move as a, as a stand-up why do you think that is i think they they definitely have the um ability uh to move across or this humor and and that resonates with people when when you're watching if someone's humorous you you're drawn to them uh i i feel like with was particularly with jonah hill he was just able to move across there was the whole losing weight (laughs) to then gain the weight again he just and again taking taking the glasses off (laughs) was that turning point for him and then i i remember sorry when when you were asking me the question i was thinking about how i met him to do an interview with Mm. him uh for get him to the greek and yeah uh, right so you've got um russell brand in one room and uh my job was to go in and ask jonah hill questions about russell brand and i was <laughs> and my producer was there at the side it's a proper kind of you've got cameras uh, directed at both uh, people in the room and that's it and my producer's nodding like encouraging me keep asking the questions about russell brand nothing about jonah hill and at the end <laughs> i apologized to him i was like i'm so sorry i had to like i felt like i didn't i wanted to ask you about you and super bad and what yeah. you do and i think as a comedian I know that Russell Brand is a comedian as well, but you get overlooked. It's like you can't play serious. So when he yes. got the opportunity to play serious in this, yep. he nailed it and that was it. And then people take him both. He's comedic, but also serious as well. That's a great point to think about you. But so Robin Williams, who again, another standup that, that made that transition, but for a long time was, was, was just doing comedy films or, uh, the Good Morning Vietnam, I guess, is, is is a tragic comedy. I mean, he's he's brilliantly funny in it, but it's ultimately a, a tragic film. But then he then he kind of segued into playing really, really well, certainly a really dark character in One Hour Photo. Oh wow, that was dark. But Goodwill Hunting, he won an Oscar for yeah, a Best right. Supporting Actor, and right. and and it just goes to show that like the ability to perform and to affect the viewer who is watching is is evident there whether you're you're getting them to laugh or you're getting them to cry uh, and i think that comedians can do that because they're used to getting the humor out mm. you just need to give them the opportunity to 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 get people to to cry as well the right role all right so my first film we'll share it tom because you said you wanted to do it as well so we'll we'll go 50-50 on it is is invincible with mark Wahlberg, all about vinnie papale another true story vinnie papale was a Philadelphia native in the late seventies, uh, in a tough old time for a tough city where, you know, America was going through a recession, uh, and things were hard and it, it, a gritty neighborhood in Philly. And he gets an opportunity because the Philadelphia Eagles under fire, not doing particularly well, decide to hold open tryouts. Open tryouts, anybody can go down and try and win a spot on the Philadelphia Eagles roster. Dick Vermeil was the coach at the time, of course, who is one of, personally, one of my favorite coaches in the history of the game. I mean, talk about wearing his heart on his sleeve. And I, and I love that fact about him. He's played in, uh, in the, this film, Invincible by Greg Kinnear. I think he's a terrific actor and, and he really cat, I mean, he, he visibly really, really, um, kind of arrestingly similar but he really captures that whole side and sensibility great performance from Greg Kinnear but the film's all about Mark Wahlberg and not dissimilar I think to to Brad Pitt I think Mark Wahlberg is an underrated actor and it's a sensitive performance here because as I say this is a true story of a guy who is a hugely talented player but for one reason or another never got the opportunity to make it and now gets this second chance in life second chance of making it and it is all about battling his way 
through all these tryouts and he gets a spot in training camp. And the story and the jeopardy of the story is, is he going to make it and get a spot on the roster and everything he has to deal with? It's unashamedly feel good. There's no doubt about that. But I also think it's quite an underrated film because I think because it's such a, uh, it's an idea, it's a true story, but an idea we all, oh, I'm sure we all think of. Tom, I'm sure you're still holding out for that opportunity where Southampton, I know. In the relegation zone, the fans are turning against them, and you might, you might get that open day tryout. I mean, listen, hoping, right? I want to share something with you now. A couple of years ago, I happened to be looking at the ages of the players and suddenly realized that, uh, I can only be a goalkeeper now. Uh, and, and when you realize that, that, that me, that's, that's, it's, it's shattering. It really is. I mean, can I run like Frank Gore and still be running, uh, or be like Tom Brady? Uh, you're, you're spot on. Um, I, I love the fact that, that, Mark Wahlberg almost in a, in a, in a place where he was taken a, 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 as a serious actor who's now Mr. Mr. Joke around Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> but this resonates with every fan. Like you're asking me, the fact that your team might have a tryout and you could play for them, that just, it's the feel good factor where you're like, will he make it? There's a great moment in the, in the, in the film where he's going to get cut. And the way for him to to show the one thing he has, which is speed, he's not as big or as tough as the other guys, is he just takes off the um, the pads. He takes off those so he can run faster and he makes it into the special team. And that's it. But the, the film th- doesn't build up to this moment where they win the championship, they win the, the, the prize. It just goes to show that, that one person's journey and, and, and for people to take a chance. And that's exactly what he gets. He gets a chance to shine and... Obviously, it's a good, good feel good factor for the whole city because they go, he was just one of us and now yes. he's playing for our team, which particularly resonates. I mean, that's, that's going to be true of, of any team, right? You know, whatever sport, wherever we're talking about in the world, but, but it's particularly true of Philly, right? Particularly at this time and this, this era. I mean, Philly fans are incredible. I mean, they are, you know, they, they revel in this reputation of being incredibly hard to please. Of course, famously throwing, throwing snowballs at, uh, at Father Christmas, um, this is one of my uh, one of my favourite stories from them. They are, and it's depicted in the film. You know, he is a season ticket holder, sits with the same guys. You mentioned Goodwill Hunting. There are similarities, I think, and, and parallels there, right? That mm. you know, in Goodwill Hunting, it is breaking away from uh, from the neighbourhood that he's entrenched in for, for a better life because the. the you know, the prognosis is bleak and it's uh, not dissimilar here in, in terms of, you know, a blue collar, hard nosed neighborhood and the players are rather the friends that he, he's grown up watching the, the Eagles with. It, it's, it's an opportunity for him to leave that, that life behind. But, but at the same time, he doesn't want to do that. It, he's part of that community, part of the neighborhood. And, uh, and that's a, a really interesting dynamic in the story. No airs and graces. I think that is Philly. I've been there. I've watched a game there. I watched them lose when they should have won. It was against the, the Panthers. Carson Wentz, uh, taking on Cam Newton. And, and it, it just felt gritty. My girlfriend and I loved it. We loved Philly. We thought, ah, oh, do you know what? This is, this is a real cool place. There's no thinking you're above anybody else. And this is what the main character that Mark Wahlberg uh, plays is where he's working in a bar, sees on the TV, they've got tryouts and everyone goes, you should do it. And he's like, nah, but 
it, not like like we have this American dream where we're like, I can. If I believe I can do it, I can. It's the American dream. It's it's rather the opposite. It's going, he's going to go along and try, but you, everyone had to force him to go. <laughs> it's not like yeah, Britain's yeah. got talent or America's got talent where you're like, this guy will not shut up about how talented they are, but they haven't been given a chance. It's it's the polar opposite. And um, it's gritty. And, and I remember buying it on DVD and spend, spending a fortune on it. Uh, like, I mean, we're talking above 12 pounds to get wow. this DVD because I wanted to find as many NFL films as I could because I loved the sport and was getting into it. And I watched this and I was like, I like the Eagles. They, they're, they're an underdog. Sliding doors moment, alternate reality. You could have been Tom Dickin, could have been an Eagles fan. Yeah, but Mark Wahlberg and his entourage, uh, who apparently that series is based on. I was just like, nah, I can't follow Mark Wahlberg. No, thank you. Where in terms of Mark Wahlberg, then is he? I said there are parallels really with with Brad Pitt in terms of he's a big Hollywood movie star, but perhaps not as as highly regarded as other actors of of his generation. So he hasn't had that money ball once upon a time in Hollywood. The, the... Well, he has had The Fighter, uh, which, which is a, a fantastic film, which I was thinking of, of, of offering yeah. up where he plays Mickey Ward. Great um, film. And, and that's really, you know, again, the underdog. He plays the underdog that you want to succeed. Um, so he, he plays that character very well. I suppose in that, and, and, and I'm all with you completely with the understated and celebrating that. And there, there are definite parallels between between Mark Wahlberg and Brad Pitt, but with Christian Bale in, in the fighter who would, that is just an unbelievable performance. So it's, it's, and, and, and respect to Mark Wahlberg for, for, for offsetting against that when you've got this raw, visceral, uh, performance from, from, uh, from Christian Bale, who plays his brother, who was a decent boxer back in the day and is now a, essentially a crack addict, right? The, uh, yeah. And he uh, fought Sugar Ray and, and he, and, Ray, it, yeah, and, and, and basically it's about brothers who, who, um, Mickey Ward is the fighter who's currently fighting. And yet you've got the older brother who still everyone talks about the time he played Sugar, you know, fought Sugar Ray. And they were like, I knocked him down. And, and they're like, no, Sugar Ray slipped. And, and it's, and so he lives in the shadow of his brother, even though yeah. his brother now has turned down a path, which is not desirable. And yet, Mickey, he's not getting the credit he deserves. It's always <laughs> the brother. The family. It's always the yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always the mother that's, uh, why can't you be more like your brother? And it's, it's the, and so it, it's a family story. Um, I should have picked the fighter. Oh, it, is, the fighter. it is a great film. Well, we, but, but, you have, you have picked it. We throw it out there as well. We, it's a great shot. So yeah, it, Invincible. Again, I reckon a lot of you would have seen it, but I reckon a lot of you won't have done as well. And if right now with everything going on in the world and a lot of troubles and tribulations and things to deal with, it will guarantee, I guarantee it'll put a smile on your face. I guarantee it will. Go go and check that out. Two hours of escape is in there. Uh, All right. Where are you going next? Your next one. Well, let's stay on that theme then. What will make you feel good um i i I love the blind side um it's it's uh i I reminded myself of the film i watched the trailer again and i was getting emotional uh, and i was i was tearing up a little bit Uh, sandra bullock uh plays uh uh, um a mother uh from a from a white privileged uh southern family who take in um this young black kid who is from an impoverished background and give him an opportunity to 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 shine and he ends up it's a it's based on a real life um 
story of Michael Orr, who went mm. to went on to win the Super Bowl with the the Baltimore Ravens, played at the Titans, and at the Panthers as well. And I think now in the current climate, it it just goes to show that the that I don't know that the the world can be uh, a horrible place, and yet at the same time, people can do good things that can hopefully you know, make other people's lives better. And so you watch this film and you go through all the emotions and yeah, it's, it's just very much a good feel factor film where uh, Michael Orr becomes a defense, um, a, a left tackle. And the blind side is when the quarterback, if he's a right handed quarterback turns. So he's got, he, he can't see what's behind him. And, uh, this Michael Orr's character is to basically make sure he doesn't protect him. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's just a tearjerker, but it's, it's so apt for now and how, you know, society is skewed and, and this goes to show it, it, there can be good in the world. Yeah. There, again, with this, Tom, there are, there are parallels with some of the other films we've talked about that were invincible, certainly, and, and good will hunting and passing in the sense that there are uh, different trajectories uh, for, uh, for kids it, it, from the same neighborhood, right? Uh, mm. There is the way out of, uh, of difficult, a difficult situation and there is exactly of course what happens to Michael Orr and, and, and one of the, the most jarring parts of the film for me is his friend uh, that ultimately gets left behind and gets sucked into a life of crime uh, and doesn't isn't afforded the opportunities that Michael Orr is and it makes me think about all of those kids all around the world who could be playing in a Super Bowl who could be playing in a World Cup final who could just be playing sport professional getting to college and, and finding a different life that never, never get the opportunity. And just to know that he goes on right at the end of the film that you find out he goes on to play for the Baltimore Ravens. You're like, oh, you're just crying that little bit more. So I, I strongly suggest it to everybody uh, to, to go and go and check it out. Sergeant Bullet won an Oscar for, for the role. Do you know, turn the role down? No, but this is a great bit of uh, film trivia. I love this. I'm, I'm going to say this. Oh, wow. Um, uh, maybe someone, <laughs> I don't know why in my head I was like Meryl Streep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Martin McCutcheon didn't turn it <laughs> Yeah, it was difficult. It was Love Actually or that. Um, I yeah. th- someone like J-Lo, because she was acting a lot of the time. Ooh, J-Lo would be a good, good shot. No, it wasn't. I'll give you one more guess. Oh, uh, this is where I really, uh, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. I'm just thinking <laughs> of American actresses. Good word. Good word. Julia Roberts. Oh, of co- yes, that makes Julia sense because she was in the role and turned it down. Yeah. Erin, Erin Brockovich. Uh, I think it was, it was a great film where again, like yeah. empowerment and, and that sort of, um, theme that came through the film where she was able to, to stand up for her community. Uh, yeah, I like Sandra Bullock. Well done for her getting an Oscar. <laughs> Nick Saban, the Alabama head coach, plays himself in it. He's one of a number of coaches that plays themselves. Quite an awkward performance. Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> it, but he's, he's kind of in the in the realm of Bill Belichick. Uh, they they love talking football, and anything else seems to be an inconvenience. Uh, Belichick, so... would never agree. Belichick would never play himself in a film. He would just point blank refuse. Well, there's a few opportunities to be in a few Star Wars films if he puts the hood up again. Um, <laughs> you know, actually, Belichick would be good in his would be good in Star Wars film. I could I could see him credibly as Mister. As long as he can give him much dialogue. Yeah, just stand uh, in the background, just be one of many uh, of of the. Uh... <laughs> who would you cast as Belichick in a film? Uh, who would I? Uh, who could, who well, oddly enough, Belichick? now 
and you asked me about Brad Pitt and which uh, which actor I'd like playing in my life. But can I choose Bill Belichick to play mine? I just love to see. <laughs> nice. I just love to see him on stand uh, on stage doing stand up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> be hilarious. If you gave him decent material and he just deadpanned it. Yeah, it would be it would be good. I could see it. I could see it. But I could be probably quite good comic timing. Eric. Well, he's supposed to be quite. He's supposed to be quite funny, isn't he, Belichick? Yeah. The the idea to, that we very have. dry sense of humour. Very dry, but also very uh, charitable and very um, giving. Uh, yeah. as, as, as so, actually, that the side that we see, he just doesn't want to talk to the press or media. Fine, but behind the scenes, you find out that he's actually a real caring character. So that's all that matters, and that's what the players—they obviously ha- want to play for him. So he must have warmth there. Now, uh, I want to give a shout out to Marley, uh, part of our social media team. We found a really, uh, really brilliant response from tracy dunn this was posted on facebook about the blind side uh, and tracy messaged us at the nc show is how you follow us on on our social channels and same handle on each each one facebook instagram twitter saying that her 11 year old st- son uh, mm. watched the blind side and that got him into football and he now plays football in the u.s so no her 11 year old son watched the blind side hadn't you know, um, I'm, I'm assuming here, but I hadn't watched football or certainly wasn't into yeah. football before that got got him into it. And now here he is uh, all these years later playing football in the States. So great. Thanks for that, Tracy. Love that story. All right. Next up, I am going with one of my favorite comedies, certainly of the last 20 odd years. And it has been vintage from America in terms of comedy in the last 20 years. Prolific. How many good comedies will Ferrell's been at the, the front of it? And this is right up there with, all of those terrific feral movies, Judd Apatow films, Dodgeball, Ben Stiller, at his finest. What I particularly love about Dodgeball, the absurdity of it, is the relentless sharpness all the way through. There is barely a weak gagging in it, and it, all kinds of different comedy gets thrown out, different levels, often ridiculously pure, but still very, very funny, to the degree where this is a 12, and I was watching it with my uh, eldest son the yeah, dodgeball's fine i mean it's not too risque it's actually oh uh quite a few jokes that maybe uh were right on the 12 to 15 marker there uh, but nevertheless we had great fun watching it uh lots of brilliant cameos in it as well a rip roaring fun i challenge anyone to watch dodgeball and and not like it i'm not sure i want to know you the pace doesn't let up stiller is just absolutely prime absurd and still is such an interesting actor because he is either ridiculous like he is in, in dodgeball or again the word we i feel like we're overusing a, a fair bit understated but brilliantly so in you say meet the parents he's just yeah a brilliant performance he's got such a wide range as a comic actor and, and this is a virtuoso performance from him isn't it yeah, uh, dodgeball grab life by the ball. Uh, it's, uh, it's a, a brilliant film. Uh, it's so funny. Um, and again, it's, it's rooting for the underdogs. It's yep. as the clues in the title, average Joe's gymnasium, uh, going against this conglomerate, the global gym. Um, and you're, you're rooting for them from the start. And you're also thinking, how on earth are they going to win this? Uh, battle and and oddly enough we talked earlier about the pro bowl skills competition they implemented last season uh this dodgeball round uh which was which is fantastic to, to to see and actually after watching the film i know it's a comedy but i was a bit like i kind of want to play a bit of dodgeball dodgeball looks like good fun and i've i've seen 
roughly uh, nearby where I live whenever we're able to again. There's a dodgeball league and I'm kind of like, I'm up for this. You know, oh, it, man, now you're talking. Maybe we should get a show team together. Well, look, Asmir's going to be awesome at dodgeball. So oh, of course. Yeah, a safe um, pair of hands, literally. But it's, can you throw it? Can you move? I mean, it, it's, um, uh, oh, what's his name in, 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 in dodgeball? Uh, it's, um, uh, Patches O'Hulahan. Patches O'Hulahan, yeah. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a dodgeball. <laughs> like, it's, it's the greatest quote that, even when I'm out, you know, playing with my mates on a bit of a five aside or something, you, you just, you're just able to throw out so many good quotes from the film. So Patrick Hulan, Hank Azaria plays the young patches when they have that brilliant, uh, Pathé-esque, uh, kind of throwback, uh, black and white to when Dodgeball was first created, but Rip Torn, of course, plays him in the, in the present day. And one of, one of the great, uh, cameo roles in, uh, you know, in, uh, uh, in comedy over the last 20 years, I think Rip Torn, brilliant in, in that role. Uh, elsewhere, interesting, speaking of cameos, Chuck Norris is in it. Uh, David, <laughs> the, the Hoff as well. Uh, also, William Shatner. So that is a hell of a, uh, a, a, a trifecta there. Gary Cole plays the ESPN anchor. The Gary Cole who, uh, started out on a show called Midnight Caller, which look it up kids if you haven't haven't seen that one. That was a show I remember, remember when I was a kid where he played you love it, Todd. Gary Cole played Jack Killian, the Nighthawk. Night you've Hawk, already got me. You've already got me on that. He had a late night talk radio show. But was and this is where I'm reaching because I don't really remember it beyond that. But they always somehow seem to get sucked into crime uh or you know some kind of something going on and the police um would always bring him in. I, I, I don't quite know where the connection went, but he'd always, in the same way that in Murder, She Wrote, she always got she was sucked into wherever she was, there'd be a crime. In every episode, Jack Killian, like, I don't know, someone would phone up the show and that would kind of get him sucked in. But anyway, that's how Gary Cole started out. And then uh, he's, he's been one of those actors just bounced around, made a you know a solid career that you would, everyone, as soon as you see him, it's like Scott Bakula, you know, from Quantum Leap. Same thing. Like he's been, he's just been working for for years and years. Played the vice president in the West Wing and the aforementioned West Wing as well. Uh, and he's great in this. Uh, uh, just a very slick operator as the anchor. So solid cast from from top to bottom. And that's often so significant. I think that when you've got an ensemble piece where there is not a weak link. Everybody is just on point. And even if it's just a role with three or four lines, it's just carefully thought. Yeah. Past. That just adds so much more to it as well. Uh, dodgeball. Also, so, sorry, Nat. He's, he's also Gary Cole in, uh, Talladega Nights, the ballad of Ricky Bobby, which is all about NASCAR. So, um, so yeah, moving on to an, another I sport. Talladega, that's, I was watching, I haven't, I hadn't remissively, I hadn't actually watched it all the way through and I, I love Will Ferrell, but I've never watched it all the way through, but I was flicking through channels the other night and it came on and i just saw the scene when when sasha baron cohen is the french oh, yeah. one comes into the bar oh that's one of the great one of the great scenes just brilliant uh so yeah i mean that is a good point actually that you know this this movie you know is part of that phase of american comedy films with anchorman and you know Farrell obviously prominent in it as well and we mentioned um you know, super bad before and Judd Apatow and, and, and all of the stuff that, that he has brought into the mix. I mean, it has been, there have been over, when was Dodger was looking? So 2004. 2004. Yeah. Okay. So it, the last 20 years, there have been a serious collection of brilliant comedy films. From, but, it, from the States. 
but it just worked. Like you're talking about this ensemble of, 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 of the cast. They just complement each other. Um, y- you know, the, the guy that plays the pirate, you're just like, this is, I this is in- the pirate. This is incredible. And, and like the jokes, the booty jokes, you know, <laughs> and the gold and all of this. And you, you just got a smile on your face, but the these are talent- scene, I love. Yeah. <laughs> they just, I, I reckon that people right now listening uh, to, to this podcast will be like thinking, right, this is great. I, I how long have I got? Because I'm now going to download Dodgeball and watch it. It, it. It's one of those yeah. films that just, that just makes you smile, but it's about sport. Some of the, sport films have got it wrong to try and mock it in some way. But this actually, for me, just highlights how good. And to imagine the email to the Hoff when they, for casting, <laughs> we want you to play the, uh, ca- the coach of the German team. And Hoff's like, what? <laughs> or, or, or trying to get Chuck Norris on board. It's about dodgeball, just typing away at their computer. Um, I, I, I love it. It's, it's, it's a very, very good choice in that. How much do you reckon the Hoff commanded for that performance? Uh, uh, a lot, and it's not even like he's on the screen for very much time. Um, I reckon enough money for him to fly back to Germany uh, to do an autograph signing again. Um, <laughs> so, so, so a couple of grand, maybe at least. You know what? We are running out of time. I knew this would happen, so we're gonna we're gonna we'll definitely do one more of yours. We'll do one more of yours, and we'll do some of our listener suggestions as well. So, which way? Because uh, you had a or well, you could do two if you want. Because I don't want to force your hand. Because you got a couple more on the list, so you can do them both if you want. But I'll I'll, I'll retract mine. Mine are going back in the in the drawer. Oh, my other ones. You can take the other two. All right, you had a good one though, um, which 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 is great with Matthew McConaughey. I won't even say which one it is. Oh, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. You save it. Um, all right. Okay. Um, for me, I watched it on a plane flight coming back, uh, last year in October. I had just seen the Seahawks, uh, lose to the Ravens, which was incredible as a Niners fan and watching Lamar Jackson run the show in Seattle. Uh, we went on to Vancouver, flew home. The reason I say that is because I watched this, this film. It's kind of a documentary. It's called The Edge and it's all about. Um, the England test cricket team that rose uh, from the depth of the rankings to become the first and only English side to reach world number one uh, in the one day and the test team. And it's, it's, it's about mental health. It's about how you galvanize a team, make them invincible. And then the after effects and what that does to, to players, the scrutiny that they put their, their bodies and their minds under, um, incredible like really touching film and um my girlfriend it was because you you know we just put the headphones on want to get home to just sit sit through the flight watch all the entertainment and uh i I was crying by the end it was it was such a good documentary film uh by noah media and i i it's it's brilliant even if you're not a cricket fan you're just seeing what they put themselves under to to succeed they're brilliant documentary makers noah and you know big shout out to them i've got some really good friends there and you know, for those uh, listeners out there who've been, who've been you know, following my stuff for, for a while, before we brought the pod to ESPN, I mean, we made it for a year as the NFL show. We made that you know, with, with Noah. So, um, oh, of course, yeah. It's a great crew there. And, and, and Talk Called Jones, who's uh, one of the, the producers of this, uh, is, uh, is terrific. And John McKenna, who runs, runs Noah with Gabriel Cott, they're, they're a fantastic crew. So the Bobby Robson documentary yes, uh, is, yeah. is one of theirs as well. And that's well worth well worth a watch as well and they've got other really exciting stuff in the pipeline so seek them out and seek out their work they're they're terrific stuff it was you know incredible really the um the change in, in the england cricket team and is it you know i'm 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 older than you and i remember 
just how bad we were when I was a kid, when I was a kid with, with the occasional kind of flash. I was too, I'm too young for the kind of both of them era. So just, we all look back mm-hmm. at that extraordinary Ashes series. But for, for a long time, we were flattering to deceive in the wilderness, never really coming together. So it, it, it's a fascinating subject matter. And, um, uh, uh yeah, her, her great thing, things about it. So check that out. You know what? I was smiling as you were talking because when Harry, sent over your list of your list of films and one of them was the edge and i thought huh what's that and i looked i looked it up and it, there are two the edges yeah that Google's <laughs> this makes so much sense to how you introduced the films that i was going to choose you're like and there's one curveball yeah, and i was like exactly. is there <laughs> i thought you were talking about the 1997 movie the edge and here's the, here's the description on google charles actually i Charles, a billionaire, finds himself stranded in the Alaskan wilderness. To his horror, he discovers he's being chased by a Kodiak bear. <laughs> I thought you were going to try and spin this as some kind of, what a sport, isn't it? Dude, like a Tom Deacon riff on being chased by a bear. <laughs> it would be like me saying, what's the Tom Hanks film where he's on uh, the, the shipwreck? No, it's not shipwreck. Oh, cast away and me saying it's about football because uh, he uses a Wilson football <laughs> that's how volleyball. it's a volleyball movie um, I love it yeah it's it's a uh, <laughs> no so luckily this is the the edge where it's about the England cricket team and and uh, I think in this current lockdown period and when you look at say NBA and how these players are going to have to be in the same confines for maybe three months at a time uh, to play as many games that's kind of what a test cricket team is and um and how you need to be a team unit and how frustrating that can be. I mean, the stories of Graham Swan and Kevin Peterson, which aren't really talked about in, in this, because that's not what the story is about, but how you, you might not like the person, but you respect them. And I think in team sport, that's, that's very important. And when those, those balances uh, go one way or the other and you can't sustain the respect, then players and t- they have to move on such a good point isn't it that you just and you see that I, I kind of notice this all the time with things like america's game and shows that you think they obviously hate <laughs> hated the story. they're obviously completely different characters and, and it's inevitable right in a, in a in a locker room in a dressing room you're gonna get um so many different characters and you, and you get cliques and you get different different players hanging out with with different you know in different crews and, and often there's not much social mingling of, of any kind you can see that but when they come together as a team that that's fine as you said that i don't really like the guy but i've got great respect for him i can play with him yeah that is always really for me a fascinating dynamic as well uh you got one more one more for the road uh well staying on that theme uh it, it's remember the titans uh one of the first american football films i watched uh it's um it's uh, poignant for so many reasons to, to, to watch this film right now. Uh, but that again, uh, it, it, it won a human rights gong. Um, it's about Denzel Washington, who's a fantastic, uh, um, actor, uh, taking a team, um, and integrating them, uh, making it a, a mixed in terms of, uh, a, a, a normal team at the, at the time that was predominantly white. And then mixing up with, with, um, other ethnicities that came together. Um, and it's just a brilliant film. And it just goes to show that, that, that same thing. Look, at, at the time, they didn't like each other, but they respected each other and they grew to love one another and be part of a team. Um, it just speaks volumes. Denzel Washington, 
one of the finest actors of, of his generation. And this has got to be up there. I think, you know, clearly there are performances that he's given, you know, throughout his career. I mean, Training Day, just the extraordinary range of him as an actor. And uh, and yet, even though this is a film that, that we love, that I'm sure our listeners do because we're football fans, and, it, and it's a film that's far more than football, as you just as you just so eloquently said, Tom, it's, it's about so much more than that. But obviously as, as NFL fans, as football fans, we're going to particularly love it. And I think in a way, that's why the, it, I think his performance in this again goes, goes a, a little bit under the radar when people are looking at Denzel Washington's career. Uh, you know, sure that kind of the non-sports fan, the non-football fan maybe gives this performance the credit it deserves because it's so, so beautifully observed. And he's, I mean, I, I can't think of a film that Denzel Washington has done, and this is testament to him as an actor. He's been at the top of his game. Has been working for, you know, thirty years or whatever. It's I can't think of a bad Denzel Washington performance. I mean, if there is one, you know, let me know on Twitter. I can't think. And even, even you know, De Niro made Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> De Niro, <laughs> one of the all-time greats, has occasionally, you know, it's going to whiff. Um, Co- com- combine it. Combining the two guys that we've already, uh, Mark Wahlberg and Denzel Washington made two guns, which is a brilliant film. I really, really like it, but it, but it's just that goes to show that even with the premise is, is, is silly. Denzel Washington is just a fantastic performer. He plays, um, uh, the, the coach, Coach Boone, uh, in this, even a young Ryan Gosling, uh, makes an appearance in this. Uh, and it's, it's about making this team your preconceptions, your prejudices, uh, it doesn't matter. Like letting nothing come between the team. And that's what he creates. And, um, uh, and, and obviously remembering uh, the Titans that undefeated, that's what he needed to create. And in a social backdrop that was happening at the time, it's, it, it's a feel good. It's like, it feels and looks so simple, but throughout the film, you see these old, uh, prejudices that get washed away and you think, wow, this is such a good film because it hits not just about football, but on a social level. Yeah, that's right. He's got this, this pressure on him, hasn't he? This threat, this insidious threat that if he, if he loses a game, then he's going to be going to, going to get the, get the chop and, uh, and that's sort of hanging over him. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it really looks and, and keys into the, uh, really unpleasant, unpalatable, racial prejudice that as you say it's a it's, it's a film that that right now i guess contains particular resonance uh for sure and uh it is it, always a film i think that holds up well uh, you don't tire of it you can watch remember no. the titans 20 times and you're still going to enjoy it and see different things and and again that's testament i think to the caliber of a film that 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 is durable in that way that you just never get it never you never it never wears out and uh it is. Just look at the cast list here. Actually, you mentioned Ryan Gosling. Donald Faison's in it as well, of course. That of Scrubs fame. What a terrific series! Scrubs is. <laughs> and uh, Faison, I've forgotten, is is in it as well. So good, uh, good supporting cast. Which is very much the theme, I think, of a lot of the movies we've chosen today. We're going to end up uh, wrap things up, I should say, with um, uh, some of our suggestions from our listeners on Twitter of films that we haven't. Uh, obviously got into today we might well down the line and deep dive into into them a little bit more in in other shows because we are going to keep rolling out a, a few more movie shows during uh during the summer and uh maybe get a couple more uh book shows in as well we had stick able talk about his favorite sport what's your favorite sporting book tom oh uh f- favorite sport I, I particularly like one um uh, uh mr happy <laughs> 
No, I, I quite like um, I, um, there's one, Nate Jackson, a former NFL player. Uh, I think he's called Hard Getting Up or Difficult Getting Up. Um, it's a really interesting story again, because there's no, um, fairy tale at the end. I quite, quite like films that have got a bit of grit. Um, but that book's very, very good. And, um, yeah, uh, and if, he, if he's listening, uh, please come on my podcast, because uh, <laughs> trying to hit him up is hard, because if you're inspired by a book or a story, um, yeah, I, I've actually actually been reading one about Paul Cannonville, the first uh, oh, God, where he yeah. played for Chelsea, and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, again, I've, I've just been inspired to 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 look at different challenging stories right now. And Paul Cannonville, what what a character, and um, what he did to open up uh, an avenue for many many different uh, players of of, of colour to, to play for Chelsea. Yeah, 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 legend Paul Cannonville. Um, all right, Twitter, Neil Elliott says, I don't think this film ever gets the credit it deserves and with a picture of Eight Men Out. Now, Eight Men Out is a great film. Uh, if you don't know it, it's about the 1919 Chicago Black Sox. Okay. Uh, through the World Series, famously, and were banned from playing the game ever again. And it, it was a team that included Shoeless Joe Jackson, who was one of the, the great ball players of, of all time, and uh, who famously... Uh, well, certainly, as, as Eight Men Out suggests in the film, wasn't the sharpest, sharpest guy. Didn't really understand. Well, I kind of understood, but didn't really go along with what was it, what was being suggested, because it was a few of the team that that brokered this deal and and uh, and got everyone else on board. And the players were being mistreated by the team owner. And Shooters Joe kind of went along with it, but didn't really. Still had an incredible World Series, but but was part of it or considered to be part of it and. Uh, was was banned from the game. Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner is, is all about uh, Shoeless Joe, or Shoeless Joe is one of the characters in it that comes, one of the ghosts that comes back and plays in the baseball field that he builds. Uh, it's it's brilliant, Eight Men Out. It's got John Cusack, Charlie, young Charlie Sheen in it wow. as well. Um, good cast, and and I totally agree with Neil. Doesn't get the credit it deserves. I love love Eight Men Out. It's a great shout there. Uh, Martin says, if you're talking classics. Uh, you must mention basketball with Jasmine Blue. Oh, yes. That's a film. <laughs> That's a, a se- seminal university film when a friend, my best mate turned to me and said, have you watched basketball? And I was like, the what? And watch that. And then that was, that right, was a, a, a game changer. Yeah. Uh, Jamie says, Tin Cup, the forgotten Costner sporting epic. Tin Cup, of course, where he plays uh, the kind of aging down on his luck, out of the game golf pro that puts an improbable run together at the US Open. Uh, ah. Yeah, Tin Cup. He's vintage Costner. I love Tin Cup. And also, what I love about Tin Cup, without spoiling it, is that the ending is not easy Hollywood by any stretch. Um, Drew says, uh, any given Sunday. Well, Vernon and I talked a bit about that on the last show. I think we did anyway. Uh, Harry might correct me, but uh, we definitely talked a bit about the, the great Pacino speech. Um, it's all about the interest. Yeah. That's great. Let's have more of that. <laughs> Pacino, actually, that Pacino could play you in a movie, Tom. I could see, I could see Pacino doing, doing, yeah, things. angry, fiery guy. Yeah. That, that's me. That's me all over. I just, I just happened to, th- there were so many. I, f- I feel like I, I just chose four films that, that resonated with me. But when you look at the list that these, everyone's suggesting, yeah. th- there's so many that I'm like, well, that's tomorrow gone. Uh, my schedule tomorrow is watching all of these films back to back, uh, just because I can and I, and I will do. I mean, some of the, oh, there's, there's just so many. 
Well, uh, Warren Heyman, Necessary Roughness, which I, I believe Scott Bakula is in. That's a kind of long, uh, uh, oft-overlooked uh, late 80s, early 90s uh, uh, movie. That Varsity Blues with James Van Der Beek of Dawson's Creek fame. I know you're a, you're a huge Dawson's Creek fan, Tom Deacon. So. Oh, crying and then just, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. Yeah, and then that, that seemed to be Dawson's Creek. Uh, do you know what? I, I wanted to put it in... Uh, which is the um, the new uh, Michael Jordan documentary uh, into if people haven't watched it, go back and watch it because I found out through watching it that he was getting up incredibly early, coming back to full fitness, but he was recording Space Jam. So there's something I want to watch again <laughs> because, because now it'll be in a completely different light. I'm like, wait a minute. He was getting up filming all day to then go and train to get back into the NBA. It was incredible. Oh, Space Jam. They're talking about making another Space Jam. I want to I want to find out more about that. Well, you just proved as we wrap things up that we need to do about 11 extra uh, film specials. So uh, a nice way to end there with some brilliant ideas. Thank you for sending those in, uh, everybody. And uh, we will do our best to, to get into some of those on the next show. Deeks, it's great to catch up with you, man. An absolute pleasure to... Uh, I, I, you've given me so many food for thought with some of the films that you've suggested to watch again. So, um, so thank you very much. And where can our listeners hear your new pod? Because you mentioned it. You talked all about it. I think you gave the name, but I think you gave a, the full-on plug. What's it called? Well, listen, I, I wanted to be different and call it something other than my name, but then I thought, nah. So Tom Deacon deconstructs. It's nice. just an hour conversation with, with various guests. And uh, if you like sport, come and check it out. If not, just carry on listening to this, and then I'll be back, hopefully, <laughs> now. <laughs> You'll definitely be back. Uh, bring Gordon Strachan with you. We can talk uh, <laughs> WWE. That's a hell of a show. Uh, look after yourself, bud. Great to catch up. Take care. Lovely stuff from Tom. He will most definitely be back. Go and check out his pod as well. I am looking forward to catching up with him. I'm looking forward to more pods coming thick and fast over the coming weeks. Like we said on the show, we'll do another book special as well uh, because there is a, a lot of ground to cover there too. And I'm sure we'll be able to sneak in at least one more movie special, maybe a documentary special. Ollie, one of our producers was talking about that. So maybe we'll get that in the mix uh, as well. So lots more where that came from. Hope you enjoy. Go and watch at least one of those films on there. And uh, we will check in with you very, very soon. Look after yourself, gang. See you soon. Podcast Network.